the book of Acts this morning, and uh, we're going to look at Acts chapter 28, Acts chapter number 28, be still and know that I am God. I love that verse, and uh, just uh, sometimes we're just so busy, and uh, aren't we, I mean, can you believe it's already March? I mean, it's crazy. Uh, February, I know February is a short month, but come on, I mean, it was fast, and so uh, we're already into March, and uh, I say this every every beginning of every year. We're going to be talking about Thanksgiving and Christmas, and everybody goes, oh, and then we're talking about Thanksgiving and Christmas. I mean, it's, that's how fast time goes, because we are busy. Uh, we're busy about uh, life and busy about things uh, that are going on in life, and, and, uh, and that's why God says, be still and uh, slow down, and sometimes we got to do more than slow down, sometimes we've got to stop, and we've got to pay attention, and um, sometimes, especially during wee ones, I, I, give, I, give my, I give my wife a hard time, she, uh, she, she, gets so, she gets so busy, and a million ladies are texting her, and she's texting, and I'll be talking to her, and she'll be, and I'll say, what, <laughs> did I lose you, because she'll, she's, yeah, you lost me, okay, so, wait, wait. all right, do I got you back, okay, let me let me talk to you. Let me. Sometimes we get so distracted, don't we? And when you're distracted from things, you can't pay close enough attention to them. And um, it's a bad thing. In case you didn't know, it's a bad thing. We don't pay close attention to God. And uh, God wants us to hear things. God wants us to see things. God wants us to pay attention to things. God. Do you believe this? God sends things in our life on purpose. I believe Romans 8, 28, uh, all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. Now, that, that verse is so taken out of context and misquoted so often. This is what we like to say. Well, all things work together for good, preacher. They're all working to, for those that love God to those that are called according to his purpose. So you can't just take a part of a verse and go running with it. So listen, if, if you love God and, 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 and you're called, then I'm going to tell you something. God brings things in your life, and he brings them in your life on purpose for a reason. And here's our problem. Our problem is we miss it. I mean, it just scoots right on by us because we have forgot the art of standing still. We've forgotten the art of paying attention. You ever tell your, tell your kids or you, you ever been in school and taught school or taught your kids at school and they, they start to daydream, right? They start to look out into space. You ever, you, ever, you ever try to talk to somebody that zones? Sometimes you might catch me doing that. And you're talking, I'm paying attention. But sometimes you got to go, hello, hello, are you paying attention? Sometimes I think God's up in heaven going, hello, hello, are you paying attention? And of course, he knows if we are or not. But we've got to stand still and know that he is God. Stand still and realize uh, that he is in control. You know, we have... We have um, we often live our lives in fear, afraid. Let me tell you what the biggest fear is. It's not arachnophobia. Though I can't stand spiders. Oh, man. I don't even like to look at pictures of spiders. It's not the fear of heights. It's not, the, it's not even the fear of death. You want to know what, the, you know what the number one fear is? The fear of the unknown. The fear of the unknown. I don't, I don't know what tomorrow is going to hold. And you know why many people fear death? Because they don't know what's going to happen. You see, for a Christian, death should never be fearful. For the born-again child of God, we should never be afraid of that. Why? Because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. There's nothing to fear because when we leave this world, we go to be with God forever and forever. So there's nothing to be afraid of. Why? Because it's not unknown. I know exactly where I'm going. I know exactly why I'm going where I'm going, and I know how long I'm going to be there. 
no reason to be afraid. There's things in this world that we fear because of the unknown. We just don't know. I don't know how many times I've had people ask me this question, when is COVID going to be over? I used to say, I don't know. Now I say, probably never. Probably never. It's probably going to be like the flu. Comes around every year. See, since COVID's been around, you haven't heard much about the flu, have you? But it still exists. And it comes around, and so will it be here? I don't know. But you know what we've done? We've gotten afraid. And I don't even know that it's afraid of COVID or uh, afraid of getting sick. I don't even know it's that. I think it's just a fear of the unknown. What, what in the world's going to happen? Sometimes we're afraid when the economy goes bad, right? Am I going to be able to keep my job? Am I going to be able to keep my uh, payments up on my house? Am I going to be able? So there's the, the, the fear of the unknown about finances. There's a lot of unknowns in our world today. But you know what God says? Be still. This is not even a message. Great job. Be still and know that I am God. And when we're still, kind of goes with my message. And when we're still, there are some things that we know, that we know, that we know. There are some things that are solid. Some things that don't change. You know, we're living in a world of change. Things are changing rapidly at a rapid pace. I mean, the whole whirlwind of, of politics and of, uh, uh, of, the, of the voting and all the, uh, the changing of the guard and all, all these things that just happen. And, and I'm telling you, they happen just all at once. Boom. And guess what comes with it? Change. Not all change is bad, but a lot of change stinks. I'm not a change guy. I, I, I like things to be the same. I, I don't, I'm, not the, I'm not that guy to change things just to change them. If it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I, that's, that's me. I, I, you know, I, you look in my closet, it's all the same clothes. It's just, they're just different color polos. You know, I mean, you look in my sock drawer, all the same kind of socks. I mean, I just, I find a pair that I like, I buy them all. I mean, I just... To change would be just too much for me. I don't, I'm not big on change. Change stinks. But guess what? Change happens. And then when change happens, uh, uh, we've sometimes got to roll with the punches. And sometimes, listen, Christian, sometimes you've got to put your foot down. Because there's some things that I'm not going to change my mind about. There are some things uh, according to the word of God, that we ought never change our mind about. Because we're living in this society that changes all the time. It's con continuously morphing. Plans change. Places change. People change. Boy, don't you know that to be true. People change. Guess what? Kids grow up. Don't they? And they change. I mean, uh, people, for friendships change. I've, ta I've taught my children from, from a very young age. I said, you want to keep your friends? That, and there's several things that I've taught them, but one of the big things I've taught them is don't ever let them borrow money. If you want to talk about ruining a relationship and ruining a friendship, boom, just like that. If you got the money, give it to them if you want to give it to them. But borrowing money, uh-uh, don't do it. Because it can ruin a relationship. Why? People change. You ever had somebody turn their back on you? Probably most of us have, right? I mean, it's just like, sometimes we even say, what, is, is, what, is something medically wrong with that person? Because they've just changed from this person to this person. And they're not even... They're, it's not, it's not like they're not even the same person anymore. Why? Because people change and places change and, 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 and plans change. Though generally most of us are opposed to it, it still happens. 
still happens. You can be opposed to it, but it's still going to happen because life itself changes. You know, there are things through life that I've changed my mind about. You ever change your mind? Some of y'all, I don't think you've ever changed your mind, but there's some things through the years that I've changed my mind about. Now, not doctrinally. It used to be I was hardcore. I mean hardcore. The only white shirt I'd wear was a white short-sleeved Oxford shirt. Short-sleeved. Didn't matter. I mean, people could buy me long sleeve. They could buy me a different colored shirts. I'd never wore them. I only wore sh- short sleeve. Because you know me, I can't stand being hot. Short sleeve Oxford shirts. And then one day somebody said to me, well, somebody that I, 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 I had a lot of respect for, said to me, why don't you just try wearing a, a, a long sleeve white shirt? So now, <laughs> all I wear is long sleeve poplar white shirts. And uh, I don't wear any kind of colors. So I've changed, but I've changed to be the change only in long sleeve shirts. I changed. Isn't that what we do? We change change a little bit. But through life, I've changed my mind about some things. But there's some things in life I've not changed my mind about. And there's some things in life that we ought not change our mind about. There's a difference between not changing your mind and being stubborn. Okay? Some things are more important than others. Can we agree on that? Some things that take precedence over other things. And so some things we don't change our mind about, but some things we do. Though the world changes as swiftly as the wind blows, I'm glad there are some things that are as solid as a rock. They're immutable and they're unchanging. I want you to see here in Acts 28 uh, just this this one statement. Now, you're familiar with... uh, 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 Paul here uh, landing on the uh, island of Melita and uh, when they were escaped, verse 1, then they knew that the island was called Melita and the barbarous uh, people showed us no little kindness for they kindled a fire and received us everyone because of the present rain and because of the cold. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened out his hand. Ow. And when the, that's in the Greek. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not, vengeance suffereth not to live. And he took, and he shook the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Look at verse 6. Howbeit they looked when he should have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly. But after they had looked a great while, they saw no harm come to him, and they changed their minds. They changed their minds. You see, in life, there are some things we need to grow and change our minds about. There are some things in life that just end up being different. You're not going to go today to the store and buy a loaf of bread for 25 cents. That's changed. By the way, I think it's going to change even more in the future here, in the near future. You're not going to go. I remember even when I was a kid, I remember the gas wars that they had. 99-cent gas wars that they had uh, from, from up north. Uh, when I was a kid, and and, and uh, stores would drop below that dollar, and it'd be ninety nine cents a gallon. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I promise you, it ain't gonna go to no ninety nine cents a gallon. Not here in the United States of America. What is it gonna do? It's gonna go up, up, up. And with some of the current changes that are being made with the current administration, it's gonna continue to go up, up. Changes. Now, you can say all you want to, forget it. Now, I don't want it to change. They don't care. 
if you want to drive, you're either going to have to get an electric car or you're going to have to pay what they ask you. There's no other choice. So we got to do, you got to change your mind about it or you got to make some decisions. Now, when it comes to things that we should not change our mind about, I think the Bible is clear. I don't think there's any muddy water involved in the situation. I believe God tells us some things that we should not change our mind about. Now, bear in mind, there are denominations, there are churches, and there are people that have changed their mind about these things, but that doesn't matter. Because God always trumps people. God always trumps denominations, and he always trumps churches. What does that mean? It means let God be true and every man a liar. That's what that means. Does that mean every man is lying? No, it means that if you're going up against God and you're contrary to God, God's always right. Now, you're not always right. You might think that you're always right, but you're not always right. You can be wrong from time to time. Like four or five years ago, I was wrong, and I, I've marked it down on the calendar. So we can be wrong from time to time, right? But God can. So God's not wrong. So we have his word, and his word's not wrong. So we go to his word, and we find out these things that God says that we should never change our mind about. Though life has changed and even the church has changed, we shouldn't change on these things. Number one, we should never change on the, way to, uh, on the way to God. The way to get to God has not changed. The way to get to God isn't going to change. It is cemented in the word of God. How wonderful it will be one day when we can spend eternity with when we are absent from this body and we're present with the Lord, whether through death or through the rapture of the church, a born-again child of God is going to meet God and be with God forever and forever. What a wonderful day that will be. What a wonderful time that will be. What a great reunion that will be. But what we fail to preach... And what we fail to teach is that there is only one way to get there. There's not many ways. And I want you to know something. I want you to know a simple truth that is applied to every area of life. Things that are different are not the same. That sounds silly, doesn't it? Things that are different are not the same. Is that true? Sure it is. If you have something that's purple and you have something that's orange, they're different. You can't say, unless you're colorblind and then you're wrong, that purple and orange are the same color. You can't say that. Why? Because they're different. And things that are different are not the same. So I want you to know something. Not every church is the same. Not every denomination is the same. I was challenged to do this, and I'm going to work on it. It's going to take me a while. But I think I want to preach a series of messages on Wednesday nights when we get done with the miracles on uh, different faiths and different denominations, what they believe. Now, I'm going to get some slack, I know. I, I get it all the time. But somebody says, well, that's, I said, this is what the Church of God believes. Well, that's not what my Church of God, listen, I'm not, I know there's so many differences, and there's so many independents and there's so many. But I want to do a series of messages on what the denomination believes. Because I want you to know something. Things that are different are not the same. So if you believe something different, then it's not the same as what I believe or, or what the Bible says to believe. And the way to God is one of the most important things. Because there is only one way. You see, I want you to know something. We're not all Christians. I'm talking about the world. We're not all Christians. Not everybody's going to heaven. I know that bursts some people's bubble, but it's just a fact. Matter of fact, the scripture itself says, broad is the way to destruction. And narrow is the path to everlasting life. It's narrow. 
not, not everybody in the South is going to heaven. Just because you're polite and you have good morals doesn't mean you're going to heaven. There is a way that is right, and there's all the other ways that are wrong. You see, it's not a matter of, okay, here, here it is. You, know, you don't understand, preacher, they have good intentions. I don't, you know, I don't even know how many times I hear that. They have good intentions. Can I tell you the people that flew the airplanes into the towers had good intentions? They weren't your intentions, but they were their intentions. Matter of fact, according to their faith, if they martyr themselves, that was an instant pass into heaven. Good intentions. Good intentions doesn't make it right. Good intentions, you know, you, you, you invest money in it and, it and it goes south, right? Well, you had good intentions, but you still lost your money. Sometimes we've got to get past this good intentions and we've got to get back to to the word of God. What does the word of God do? We're so afraid of offending people. It's absolutely mind-boggling. Now, I'm not out to, to offend every person I can, but I'm telling you right now, if the word of God offends you, that's not my fault. Hello? Let me tell you what we are. We're a bunch of cowards. We're afraid to stand up and say, thus saith the Lord. This is what God says. If you don't like it, take it up with God. I'm just a messenger. Do you know what the prophets did? The prophets were messengers of God. And let me tell you what the prophets did. God told them what to say and they said it. Period. God didn't tell them what to say, and then they interpreted it, and prayed over it, and thought through it, and allegorically, and parabolically, and then they came up with a message. No, no, no. God told them. They said it. How do we know that's true? Because some of the messages were hard. Matter of fact, most of the messages were hard. Some of them were so hard, one of the prophets wrote a book on weeping. Because that's what he did. Jeremiah wept and wept and wept. Why? Because of the message he had to give to his people. And it never turned out good when you didn't do what God said. Ask Jonah. Message. Preach. Let me tell you what we need to be doing today. We got the message. That which is perfect has come. That which is complete has come. It's the word of God. We have the message. Why we're not preaching it, I don't know. Why we're twisting it and turning it, I don't know. One of Anna's projects that she had to do, she's taking interpretation of Scripture. And uh, a biblical interpretation is the name of the class. And she called me and she said, Dad, you've, you've always told me that you need to take the Scripture and you take it literally unless God says so and you've got to take it and, 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 and parse it and preach it. And this is what you've got to get. This is, this, that's it. One of her projects was she had to take a passage of scripture and interpret it the wrong way. She's having such a hard time with it. She's that, and, and, I, and I told her, I told her, Anna, all you got to do is look it up online. You'll, you'll, you'll have 40 misinterpretations right online. Because we take scripture, this is what we do. Listen, we take scripture and, and, and with, with the, the way to God too, and we, and we twist it. And we turn it so that we can be more comfortable with what it says. You see, I don't wanna, I don't wanna believe that there's a hell, so I'm just gonna not believe it. So I'm gonna take scripture and I'm gonna say, well, this word, if you take it back to the Greek, this word really means grave and it just means dead, and we just when we're dead, we're dead and we're done. And so we twist scripture and we Make it say what we want to say, I guess so that we can be more comfortable. Because there's things that we don't understand. You want to know one of the biggest questions I get from unbelievers and believers, really? What about people that have never heard? 
what happens when they die? Now, I don't have another hour to preach to you today about that. You can come see me later if you ain't figured that part out yet. But it's a big question. People don't understand. And if I don't understand something, guess what? I'll make something up. Hence the reason we have a million denominations. Hence the reason we have so many translations of the scriptures. And we have this idea, well, they're all the same, right? Do you know there's a rap Bible? Rap. God's our brother. I'm not kidding. I'm, I'm, I'm not joking at all. You know there's a no gender Bible? By the way, it's been out for a while. No genders. God's not a father. God's not a mother. God's not. I mean, you're take, taking, all, taking all those things out. I want you to know, some of those translations you better do your homework on because they take whole portions of Scripture right out. They change words. They change meanings. You better do your homework. Why? Because things that are different are not the same. And things change, and, and they continue to change, and they have a bias. So true. So many. I love, uh, I love study Bibles. But so many study Bibles have biases. Because the study Bible, not the scripture itself, but the study notes, are, are biased or according to what that person that wrote those notes believes. That's why I tell people when I give them a Bible, and I give them a study Bible, listen, this part's not inspired. This part is somebody's opinion. It's like a commentary. I love the Schofield. I've carried it. That's what I've always preached out of. Love the Schofield Bible. Always recommend it. But Schofield was wrong when it came to Genesis. He's just, he's just wrong. Believed, he, he believed in the gap theory. He believed in some things that were that just were not so. And 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 but that was his opinion. And, and what he believes and what I believe when it comes to some things are not necessarily doctrinal uh, issues or doctrinal problems, but they are different. But when it comes to the way to God, we better get that one right. Because one day, I'm not trying to be morbid, I'm just telling you, one day we're going to die. How do I know that? Well, one, through life's experience. But number two, the Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die. And after this, the judgment. And so either the rapture of the church is going to happen, and I don't know when that's going to happen, or we're going to meet God through death. And I want you to know, every lost person and every saved person is going to meet God one day. How do I know that? Because the Bible says every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So we'll all stand before God one day. But that doesn't mean that we're all going to heaven one day. That does not mean that, well, we're all children of God and we're all descendants of Abraham. Now we're getting into covenant theology and all this replacement theology and all this other nonsense that is just not true. But let me tell you something. You know what we believe? We believe what we're told to believe. Is that true? Absolutely it's true. I mean, look at the social media. I mean... The media tells you what's so, and people just believe it, regardless if it's so. If it's true or not, it has no basis. What I say from authority is so. That's what they say. And guess what? It happens in churches all the time. The evangelist, the preacher, whoever it is, Sunday school teacher, he gets up and he says something, and we're just supposed to believe it. And here's the problem. We're too lazy not to believe bottom line. You know what the Bereans did? The Bereans went back and made sure what the preacher was saying was so. You know what we've got? We've got the word of God. We've got the so. We've got the truth. And so what's being said shouldn't just be believed. It should be checked 
to make sure what we say or what is being said is so. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the ways thereof are the ways of death. So you've got truth, and you've got God's truth, and you've got man's truth. Now, man's truth ought to be come from God's truth, right? But you've got man's truth, you've got God's truth, who are you going to believe? And it's unfortunate that we believe man. I've got many preachers that I know that have changed their entire philosophy because of a book they read. One book. Changed their whole dispensational outlook because of one book. I got the book. I read it. I don't understand the change. But we're influenced by people. If you don't think you're influenced by people, then you're you're just naive. Because we are influenced by people. We're influenced by our family. We're influenced by our co-workers. We're influenced by our friends. My mama always used to say, birds of a feather flock together. I mean, you might have this idea or you might have this goal that I'm going I'm to be friends with this person and I'm going to change him or change her. And guess what happens? You get changed. Not every time, but I'm telling you many, many times, that's what happens. And there's slight changes and little changes, but all of a sudden, that change becomes a big change, and you're a different person. And other people are commenting about how you're a different person. Oh, no, I'm not different. Yeah, you are. Because we change according to what man says instead of changing according to what God says. The way to God. Let me, I, you, you know it. I just want to give it to you real quick. The way to God, here it is, it's explained in scripture. God tells us the way to him. In 2 Corinthians chapter 15, it's point blank. It's just absolutely clear as crystal. In in, in, uh, in 2 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians uh, uh, chapter 15. Listen to this. More, brethren, I declare unto you, verse 1, uh, the gospel which I preached unto you, which also have received, and wherein ye have stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in the memory that I have preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I received, how Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and was buried, and he rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. It's the gospel, the death burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's not, it's not hard. God explained it to us. He gave it to us in his word. It's explained in scriptures. It's exclusive in the Savior. Jesus said in John 14, I am the way. Now, Jesus was either right or wrong. Can't be right and wrong. You ever do trivia? The trivia, trivia, trivia question comes up. I, I, I love useless information. I just, I just love it. Yeah, I learned years ago, the, the, the President Harry S. Truman, you know what S stands for? Nothing. He was never given a middle name, and he was self-conscious about it, so he just put an S. I don't know when I'm ever going to use that. Well, I just did, so there you go. And so, but useless information, right? But you can't listen when it comes to when it comes to things. You can't be right and wrong. You're either right or you're wrong. So Jesus is either the way or he's not the way. The Scripture does not say that he is a way. The Scripture says that he is the way. The definite article is there. That means he is the one and only way. That's what the way means. So if Jesus is the only way, then all other ways have to be wrong or God is wrong. That's your only two choices. We don't like that. And I say we, I'm talking about people in general. We don't like that. So you're telling me, preacher, that millions of people that are in a different faith are wrong. That's exactly what I'm telling you. It's not arrogance. That's scripture. That's truth. 
Now you can hope and you can wish and you can pray and you can do all these things, but it doesn't change the fact that there's only one way, it's exclusive, and it's in Jesus Christ. That doesn't mean, hey, look at me, I've got all the answers. No, it's, hey, look at God, he has all the answers. He's the one that has the truth. We had Dr. Frampton in, and he's the president of... uh, International Board of Jewish Missions. You know, God's chosen people, the Jews. I want you to know something about God's chosen people, the Jews. They're wrong. They're in error. That doesn't change the fact that they're his chosen people because the covenant that he made with Abraham is a, is a, a perpetual covenant. So they'll always be God's chosen people. You are not God's chosen people. You are God's peculiar people. You're the church if you're saved. You know Christ as your Savior. You're not God's chosen people. We didn't take the place of Israel. That's that's error. That's heresy. God's going to deal with his people. He's going to deal with his people again. Have you ever read about the tribulation period? God deals with his people. Okay, so, so, but what did he, what was he talking about? He was talking about they need Jesus because Jesus is the way. They don't believe Jesus is the way. Matter of fact, many don't even want to talk to you about it. And they are, many of them are very, very religious. Matter of fact, many of them are more dedicated than most Christians. You pick the faith. But many of them are way more dedicated. You take your you take your average uh, 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 Muslim. Man, would to God that Christians would pray as much as they do. And they're wrong. They're in error. They're a heresy. Why? Because it's contrary to the word of God. But this is what we want to do. We want to do what New York City's done. What has New York City done? It's a melting pot. I mean, you go to New York City and there's Everybody in New York City, all over the world, they come to New York City. It's like they, they, they come from another country and like New York City is the only place to go. I mean, it's a great big melting pot. And that's what we want to do with, that's what we want to do with truth. And we want to say, okay, he's right and, and he's right and she's right and this denomination's right. And we make this great big melting pot of truth. But when you take truth and you add error to it, it becomes error, not truth. Right? You take darkness and you turn the light on, it's no longer darkness, it's light, and vice versa. And so you can't have you can't have both. So what do we gotta do? We gotta find out what God says, and God says He is the only way. It's explained in the scripture, it's exclusive in the Savior, it's expressed to the sinner. God says that we have all fallen short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not even one. We're all sinners. And we're all in need. We're all in need. What are we in need of? Let me tell you something. We're not in need of a stimulus check. We're not in need of more knowledge. If we just get a couple more degrees... Let me say something. I've met some of the stupidest smart people in the world. I mean, they got all sorts of degrees, and they're for nothing. I mean, like my daddy said, they're dumber than a box of rocks. I mean, I just they don't have any common sense whatsoever. I don't care how much knowledge you have. Let me tell you something. You can have all the knowledge you want of Jesus, but if you don't have him in your heart, you're going to miss heaven. You can know about, listen, the devil knows about Jesus. You think the devil doesn't know who Jesus is? You think the devil doesn't know doctrine? I promise you he does. But that doesn't mean he's going to heaven. Don't miss heaven by 18 inches. Look at they say the distance between your head and your heart. I'm telling you, so many people miss it because they have this head knowledge instead of a heart knowledge. We're all lost and undone and we need a savior. And we need the Savior, Jesus Christ. So how can we be saved? I look around this morning. I I know a lot of your testimonies. 
I'm thankful for your testimony. Thankful that you've received Christ as your Savior. But let me tell you, if you're not saved this morning, I want you to know that God has made it easy. Man's muddied the water, not God's. God has made it easy. Number one, realize that you're a sinner. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. We are lost and we are undone. Recognize Jesus died for you. We just saw it in 1 Corinthians 5, verse 13. Jesus Christ died for your sins. I believe it and I believe the Bible teaches that if you were the only one, Jesus would have still died. That's how much he loves you. That's, that's, a, that's a sacrificial love that God has for his people. That's why God died, because he wanted us to be reconciled unto himself. And there was only one way. When the song says they, they searched all over heaven to, to find a savior, they searched nowhere through heaven. That song is so biblically incorrect. They didn't go through and say, oh, Michael, well, no, Michael says, Michael passed. And then they go over here to another angel and this, oh, this angel passes through. And so finally they come to Jesus. And Jesus said, well, I guess I'll go. How foolish does that sound? It's foolish. Jesus Christ knew what had to happen, and he went. And he went willingly. By the way, he died willingly. He prayed in the garden, let this cup pass from me. Yes, humanly speaking, he wanted this cup to pass from me. But he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. You want to know why? Because he knew it had to happen. There had to be a lamb without spot, without blemish, without sin that could die. Guess what? You're not that person and I'm not that person. And as human beings, we couldn't. By the way, understand that concept when it comes to Joseph not being Jesus' father. If Joseph was Jesus' father, then, then Jesus would have been born in sin. He was not born in sin. He was born perfect. He was born sinless and lived a perfect and sinless life for one reason. Listen to me. One purpose. And that was to go to the cross. Did he preach? Yes. Did he perform miracles? Yes. Did the blind see and the deaf hear and, and, and the dumb could speak and the dead could live again? He did all those things. But he had a purpose. And it was a singular purpose. You know what it was? It was to seek and to save that which was lost. So he lived a sinless and perfect life and he went to the cross and died for our sins. And we need to recognize that Jesus died for me. You know, John 3.16, for God so loved the world. Isn't that a great thing? You see, Jesus died for the world, but I'm going to tell you something that's better than that. Jesus died for me. I know I'm part of the world, but I'm so glad that Jesus didn't exclude me. I'm so glad that Calvinism, hyper-Calvinism, isn't true. Let me tell you what hyper-Calvinism says. You're saved, you're lost, you're saved, you're lost, you're not saved. You're saved, you're lost. That's what, that's what it says. And not randomly, by the way, not a random selection, God selects them. And God selects some to salvation, and God selects some to damnation. We don't want to believe in hell, but we believe in that. That's unbelievable to me. To think that, that God selects people, he doesn't select people. How do I know that? Because God died for all people. And he's given every man. We have the opportunity to be saved. And if you're not saved, it's not God's fault. I can't believe, I hear people say this all the time, I can't believe God sent anybody to hell. Let me tell you something. When you reject Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're sending yourself to hell. God's provided the way. Recognize Jesus died for you and then, then receive Jesus by faith. Receive Jesus by faith. It's as easy as that. We make it difficult. We come up with all this malarkey that we have to do. 
You've got to be a good person, and your, and your good's got to outweigh your bad, and you've got to be baptized, and you've got to join the church, and you've got, and you got it, and you got it, and you got it, and you got it. You don't have to do any of that stuff. You've got to place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you're saved. All that other stuff's important. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm talking about salvation. I'm talking about the way. That man on the cross went with Jesus to paradise because he placed his faith in Jesus Christ. He didn't join a church. He didn't get baptized. Matter of fact, he was a terrible person. By admitting it, he was a terrible person. Matter of fact, he told the other thief on the cross to, to shut his mouth. We deserve to be here. This one in the middle, this Jesus, he doesn't deserve to be here, but we deserve to be here. And the idea that, what, you have to be baptized? Well, what, was he an exception? Did you have to be a good person? What do you do with the thief on the cross? That's just one example. No, the bottom line is, there's some things that we should never change our mind about. And the way to God is one of those things that we should never change our mind about. I'm telling you, I believe it. I believe it with all my heart. The remnant is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. I'm not talking about the church. I'm not talking about the church religion. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about the remnant. Those that are truly saved. Those that truly know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. I'm telling you, I think the, the, the numbers are getting smaller. Religion's getting bigger. Well, I ain't talking about religion. I'm talking about those that know Christ as their Savior. There are people sitting in here right now that know Christ as their Savior. Praise the Lord for that. But I'm telling you, there are people that are out that don't go to church that know Jesus Christ as their Savior. I'm not saying they're right, by the way. Hebrews 10.25 says they're not. I'm not saying that they're right, okay? I know there's people in other denominations that know Christ as their Savior. I'm not saying they're right. But I'm telling you, if you place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you can leave off all other tags. Whether you're a Baptist or a Methodist or Episcopalian or Presbyterian or whatever. I mean, you name the flavor. I mean, there's, there, I can't even imagine how many of them there are. Just Baptists. We can't get along with each other. You got Southern Baptists. You got Northern Baptists. You got American Baptists. You got Independent Baptists. You got Missionary Baptists. I mean, you name them. I mean, I, there's probably 10 I can name off the top of my head. Just Baptists. You know why? Because you can't agree on nothing. We have the book, we've got the Bible. The Bible tells us what to believe. But we get mad at each other, we split, and then there's another way to get to heaven, and then there's another way to get to heaven, and we got all these groups, well, if you're not part of my group, you can't get to heaven. And if you think that's just other denominations, you're mistaken. There are plenty of Baptists that believe that. Plenty. Matter of fact, there's a group called the Baptist Briders. You ever heard of them? They're not around much anymore. Let me tell you something, the Baptist Briders believe. If you're saved and you know Christ is your Savior, you're in one compartment. But if you're a Baptist, you're in another. Only the Baptist will be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Just, just the Baptist. This false ideas, these false doctrines that we've let leak in to our churches and to what we believe, we've got to cut them out and say, listen, this is the way, whether we're preaching it in our church or we're at our workplace or we're at our school or we're out in our community, wherever we are, this is the way. And you never have to be ashamed. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. You know why? It's the power of God. You don't have to be ashamed. It's not, don't, don't, don't hate on the messenger. I'm just a messenger. I'm just telling one beggar. I'm the beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. That's it. And that's what we are. As we go out and we share the gospel, make sure you're sharing the unadulterated gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Heads are bowed. This morning our eyes are closed. Some things uh, 
that we should never change our mind about. And one of the most important things is the way to God. How do you get there? Shouldn't be a question. We shouldn't be scratching our heads. We shouldn't be saying, well, whatever you think. No, we should be saying, thus saith the Lord. And what is thus saith the Lord? Thus saith the Lord is I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Maybe you're here this morning, you've never been saved. You've never trusted Christ as your Savior. Can I encourage you this morning? Place your faith in Him. Place your trust in Him for the forgiveness of your sins. He'll save you. How do I know? Because He saved me and He promised that He'd save all those that call upon His name. Let's stand together, head bowed, eyes closed, the instruments playing this morning in hymn invitation. Church, we've got to know what we believe. We've got to know why we believe it. And then we've got to stand firm on it. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid to stand up for what's right, to stand up for what's true. If God said it, then that settles it, folks. You might as well believe it because it's not going to change. The world changes. God doesn't change. His word doesn't change. He can come for whatever reason. Good to see you this morning. Good to be here in the house of the Lord. I haven't really preached all month, so I went over a little bit. But it's still before 12, so you're still going to beat all the other churches. And uh, so you'll be okay. I saw some of y'all looking at your watches. <coughs> I'm just kidding. <coughs> but um, it's good to be here in the house of the Lord. Of course, as always, uh, we do have one decision, and so we're thankful for that. Becca, come on up here. And uh, she is, uh, I told her she is got courage, and I would not embarrass her. So I'm not going to embarrass her. And so, uh, but Becca came last week, and we talked about it um, uh, extensively, and uh, Becca has received Jesus Christ as her personal Savior, and she wants to announce that to the church, and so we praise the Lord for that. If you uh, rejoice with her, let her know by saying amen. amen, amen, and so we are going to get the baptismal waters stirred up here pretty soon, and uh, we're thankful for every, uh, every decision, uh, but I'm so thankful for when young people uh, trust the Lord as their Savior and uh, saves them from uh, a lot of trouble that you and I that got saved later in life had to go through. And so we're thankful for that and thankful for uh, thankful for Becca and her decision to receive Christ as her Savior. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for this time together. Dismiss us with your blessing. Give us a good afternoon this afternoon. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.